This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Today's guest in studio is someone that I didn't actually know about them, but I knew about their work for quite a long while. In fact, our pastor, a number of years ago, introduced me to his book called Every Moment Holy, and it is a book full of liturgies for every day. And we're going to get into this, and I am so excited Douglas McKelvey, I'm so excited to have you here, and I want to share with you just how God has used this work in our hearts, in our family. Um, But first, before we get into that and talking about that, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself to my audience. Sure. Well, first, thank you so much, Crystal, for inviting me to be here and um, to have this conversation with you. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm Doug McKelvey. I'm an author. and I've worked in a number of different genres over the years and continue to. I do um, books, um, nonfiction, like Every Moment Holy, these prayers. Um, I do uh, screenwriting. Um, I do still a little bit of songwriting, used to do that. Um, and I do some fiction writing mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I am married and the father of three adult daughters. I have three sons-in-law and two grandbabies so Mm. far. So So this book, our pastor, he, we were in community group with him and one community group, he's just like, I just got 
this book. And he's like, I have to just open up our community group and read a prayer. Mm. And we just kind of then started making that something that was part of our community group. In fact, before we went, we went on a camping trip as our community group and there was a prayer. I don't remember exactly. Probably the one for those who sleep in tents. Yes. (laughs) And so, and so before we kicked off our camping, we had, it was dark and there was these, you know, we had these little twinkle lights and I just remember him standing up there and we just, he read this prayer and just prayed this over us. And it was Mm. just, it was this really holy moment. And, what I loved about it was you're bringing in places where you might not necessarily think, oh, like God cares about this. This mm. matters. This is a this is a moment to stop and really just pray and start this, you know, for those who sleep in tents, start our camping weekend with just with prayer. And I have just appreciated that. And then I was telling you before we went live that um our little boy, before he went in for uh, surgery not too long ago, one of my friends s- sent me your, I think it was before a medical procedure, I think mm-hmm. um, she sent me the prayer for that. And she just texted me the pages of it. And she said, I just prayed this over you this morning. And mm-hmm. it was so deeply meaningful to me. And I just have appreciated so many of these prayers. And that's why I was just excited to talk to you. I would love to hear what the inspiration for this book, Every Moment Holy? What was the inspiration behind it? Yeah, it um, wasn't something that I set out to write a book Mm -hmm. about. It was actually, um, I was working on a novel and was growing frustrated with my own lack of discipline Mm -hmm. and that I I felt like I had just been spinning my wheels for several weeks. Um, You know, sitting down every morning with the best of intentions and then suddenly it's lunchtime and I've checked a lot of emails and I've um, read some interesting articles, but I haven't actually you know, gotten into the flow of writing at all. And one morning I just thought in the midst of my frustration at myself that I could really use a prayer that would refocus me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I sit down to write, mm-hmm. something that would reorient me in relation to um, my creator and in relation to the stewardship of whatever gifts um, that, that I've been given to, to exercise on behalf of others and in relation to the people I'm hoping to serve by what I might write. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to write a prayer for that for myself. Um, and because I kind of enjoy having the challenge of some structural form, um, if I'm, if I'm, you know, dabbling in poetry, I thought, uh, I will, I'll structure this as a liturgy, kind of make it liturgical where there are parts for a leader and, and, um, people, uh, even though my intention was just to pray through it myself. So I wrote, uh, liturgy for fiction writers and it seemed like, okay, this is something that will serve me. It's kind of a novelty thing, but I had a a conference coming up that I was speaking at with um, some of your audience might be familiar with Andrew Peterson, who um, is a singer, songwriter, recording artist, and also an author of a a fantasy series called the wing feather saga. Um, And we were going to be doing a session together about story 
And so I sent this prayer I had just written to him and said, would this be an interesting way to, to close the session? Um, and he, he emailed me back pretty quickly and said, I love this, but I wish I had a, a liturgy for beekeeping. And he listed a couple other things right off the top of his head that are just, you know, hobbies of his or parts of his life. And it was only then that the light bulb kind of went on um, in my own imagination. And I realized, oh, there probably is something here that would serve other people. Um, it's not just this novelty one-off kind of prayer for me um, to, to reorient my heart and mind when I sit down to write. But yeah, there's, there's probably something in this idea. Um, we expand it to a, to a lot of different everyday facets of life for people um, that, that might serve people by reframing those moments in an eternal context. Um, so, yeah, so within a few hours, I had written up a proposal. Um, over the next few days, I wrote a handful of, of additional prayers on other subjects, and then I met with a publisher, and um, it, was a, it was Rabbit Room Press who did end up publishing the book, but they were a small press. And so their initial response was, okay, we want to say yes to this, but um, to publish this book in the kind of format that, that we think it should be in is going to be expensive, and we're a small press, and we don't have that kind of budget. So you're going to have to give us some time to figure out how we would do that. Um, and how that played out is, a, is another story um, in and of itself that is kind of a beautiful uh, testimony to the power of community to to create something together in order to offer it to, to others outside of the community. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where it had its start. And I love how I'm just going to read a few of the, what the, you know, prayers it's like for the washing of windows, for home repairs, for students and scholars, for waiters and waitresses, for arriving at the ocean, for leaving on holiday, for those gathered on the eve of a wedding, for the ritual of morning coffee, for a sick day, for the morning of a medical procedure, like we talked about. You know, these are things that we, I feel like, don't necessarily wouldn't think to stop and pray. Mm. And I just love how you're bringing that as a Christian it is not just a Sunday morning thing. It's a relationship in the everyday and that God cares about the washing of windows and home repairs and planting of flowers and gardening and to orient our heart in that way to recognize that all of life, you know, as we live it out, living it out to the glory of God. How did you decide which of these prayers, like what topics to include? That's a good question. And um, there are probably a whole lot of different answers mm -hmm. for various prayers. The process initially began with me brainstorming probably a, a hundred or more ideas. And then at a certain point, um, we being the, the publisher, Rabbit Room Press, and myself opened it up. Um, to the, there's an online community of a few thousand people that are involved with Rabbit Room 
kinds of things. And Rabbit Room is a, a nonprofit organization that that does a number of different things. Um, so we opened it up to that group of people and said, hey, what prayers would you want to see in here? And, you know, we might have gotten a couple hundred more suggestions from that. So the list continued to grow. Um, and a number of those did find their way into the book. There was also a conscious decision that I made um, about halfway through the process that I was going to look at the immediate needs of the community around me as direction for the prayers that I would write, because I knew that I wasn't going to write all of them. There just wasn't time. We couldn't do a book that that huge that would have hundreds and hundreds of prayers in it. Um, and we had a, a deadline to get everything to the printer. But when a friend lost their beloved dog, um, was was run over, and they contacted me and said, hey, have you written a, a liturgy for the loss of a pet? Um, and it was one that I didn't anticipate writing. It was on the list, but, you know, we were a few months away from the deadline and I just didn't think I would get to that one. But I looked at that need and the request as, um, as something that I should respond to. And so I wrote a liturgy for the loss of a pet and sent that to them and had friends in Atlanta whose house that had been in their family for generations burned. And they contacted me and said, do you have a liturgy for, you know, when you lose your house to a fire. And once again, I had a liturgy for those who suffer loss from fire, flood, or storm on the list of potential ones to write, but I hadn't thought I was going to be able to get to that one either. But I immediately stopped what I was working on and turned my attention to that one and, and, and wrote that for them. Um, and so it made it into the book. And um, there, were, there were several others you know, that came about that way. Um, and then kind of a, a, a funny story in relation to that is that um, the, the brilliant Linacut illustrator, Ned Bustard, who has done the illustrations for the Every Moment Holy Books, um, he was pestering me for, for several months about writing a liturgy um, for coffee, you know, for, for morning coffee. And I just didn't think I was going to get to that one. Um, but two days before the print deadline, he sent me an illustration and said, hey, I went ahead and illustrated the, the liturgy for morning coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so then, of course, I felt too guilty to not write it. So during those last couple of days, I was furiously trying to pull together a new prayer from scratch. Um, so that one ended up in the book. And, you know, if, if social media posts are any indication, that particular prayer has been far and away the most popular. It's, it's the one that, um, you know, is almost on a daily basis getting, getting posted by someone. Um, so, so it did become a very community involved kind of, kind of project. Um, both in the in the content in terms of what the subject matter was that I was writing about, um, but also just in terms of, of financially, it was community of people that stepped up and made that first printing of the book possible. 
And now it has sold over 250 million, sorry, it was 250 million. (laughs) Over 250,000 copies have sold now. I mean, like, that's amazing. And you have volume one and volume two. And I am assuming that you're probably getting requests now, specific people want, well, we need a liturgy for this and a liturgy for that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's probably going to be, you could produce endless volumes of um, these, but I would love to talk to you about prayer is something that so many people that I am interacting with, especially women are saying, I want to know how to pray. I feel like I don't have the words Mm. and you've written all of these prayers. Is this something that just comes naturally to you? Where, how do you know the words to say for a prayer about washing windows? You know, where, where do these, where does this inspiration come from? Well, I, I think to answer that, I would have to go back to when I was in my early 20s. And I was first introduced to this idea of Coram Deo, mm-hmm. um, that all of life is lived out under the gaze of God, that there aren't these you know, dividing lines between sacred and secular and the parts of our lives that God is present in and at work in um, and other parts that, you know, he's, he's kind of vacated. That was a pretty revolutionary concept for me at the time to, to try to wrap my brain around. Um, but it, it came to be such a foundational um, way of looking at life and the world and the different parts of my life to me. And it, um, it helped to holistically integrate my daily existence and and um, and what I believed to be true in in just a much more um, meaningful and robust kind of way. So the every moment holy books, I guess I would say they're uh, you know I, I kind of see them as many things to me, but one of the one of the the main things is they were kind of, um, I don't know if experiment is the right word, but, but a proving ground for me to say, okay, I, I believe this, mm-hmm. right? In, in my head, I believe that there is no part of life that's, that's not under the umbrella of God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that his spirit is always at work, um, in and through and around us. So what does that look like to unpack that, to say, okay, you know, I have young kids. I have to change a diaper several times a day. Um, How does the act of changing a diaper actually touch on eternity Mm. and on what God might be doing um, in my life and in the life of my child Um, or you know, washing windows. How does that, you know, intellectually, I, I would say, yes, definitely, um, that activity can be done to the glory of God. And, you know, it can be something that God, that it would be God's good pleasure to use, um, you know, to further shape me into a person whose, whose heart is more like the heart of Jesus. Right. 
But if we try to take that out of just that abstract assent to, you know, an intellectual truth and to say, yeah, but if, if we actually unpack that process, what, what do we find? Can we, can we back that up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So does that answer mm-hmm. the, the question that, that, that writing the books, um, became for me a way of, of really trying to dig into um, those daily moments mm-hmm. and say, yeah, I believe that God is present in this moment. Um, wh- what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, can we, can we unpack some of the poetry of that? Mm-hmm. So. And so what does it look like for you as you go throughout your day, I'd love for you to just give us a little peek into that because that's such a beautiful picture of like bringing God into, you know, just even like changing diapers. I feel like there's so many things in my life right now that with having three little ones and three teenagers, it's just like, there's a lot of, it could feel like monotony mm-hmm. or, or stuff that does this really matter, you know? And, but I love just that overarching view of, this is God's work that he's called me to. And um, so what does that look like for you on a daily basis? Like how do you live out of that posture? Mm. Well, you know, I would, I would not claim that I consistently do. I think it's a, I think it's a struggle for any of us. Right. And it's about this. I think it's more about, um, cultivating this rhythm of continually bringing ourselves back to such an awareness because we are so distracted and we are stressed about so many things and we want to uh, turn to whatever thing brings us comfort or, Mm -hmm. you know, or distracts us from the, from the things that we don't want to have to deal with. So it's about, I think this is where liturgies and liturgical prayers are are so helpful. It's about over time bringing our hearts and our minds back again and again, mm-hmm. you know, as, as every hour, you know, we find that they've drifted mm-hmm. <laughs> again and saying, no, in this moment, in the, in this thing that I'm doing now, um, how can I prayerfully and mindfully approach this um, and and reframe the way I'm thinking, the way I'm seeing this into something that is truer, um, and that you know that aligns with with the truth that God has revealed in Scripture. So, the last thing I would ever want to be positioned as is sort of the guru who doesn't need the these kind of prayers in the same way that, that anyone else might, um, the posture that most of these prayers were written from, and I would say especially even, well, not especially, but, but to an even more consistent degree in volume two, um, as I was working on that one was that, um, I was constantly being faced with my own inability to create something that would be meaningful to people in the way that I wanted it to be. And 
I came to identify so closely and on a daily and sometimes hourly basis as I was writing um, with the little boy that that we read about in the Gospels who shows up, you know, with his little picnic lunch to hear Jesus teach and then, you know, offers that to Jesus who blesses it, breaks it, multiplies it, distributes it for the nourishment of many in a way that the actual gift that that little boy brought could never have done. Um, and I was, I was so constantly recognizing that apart from the spirit of God, somehow meeting me in the midst of the process, in the midst of my weakness and inadequacy and taking this and, and making of it what he would that I didn't have a whole lot to offer, (laughs) right? I mean, I knew what I wanted it to do, but I also knew I was faced daily with the vast gulf. It's like standing at one edge of the Grand Canyon and knowing, okay, somehow I have to jump across this, (laughs) but but I don't think I can do that. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I, I, Somehow it it does seem like from the responses of people and from, you know, I, I never envisioned that the book would connect with as many people as it has. Mm -hmm. I knew that, that it would probably serve um, the community of a few thousand people that, you know, I kind of, um, well, that, that helped to, Mm -hmm. to finance the creation of the book. But beyond that, I didn't, didn't know if it would have resonance with other people. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it, it's left me feeling in some ways very detached from the mm-hmm. book because it's like, it's kind of like you have a kid and then they grow up and go off mm-hmm. on their own and they're traveling around the world and, you know, interacting with people. And occasionally you get a postcard, but you don't feel like, um, that that you can take a lot of credit for it, or some somehow it it just feels to me like um, you know, this was something that that maybe God wanted to offer mm-hmm. um to His people, and and I got to be a part of that mm-hmm. process. Um, but you know, even that, I look at how the meandering path of my life led me to this point and how the writing skills that I have were developed, um, you know, over this seemingly random path of, of different vocations that I followed and, you know, and sometimes felt like were failures at the time. Um, so that even you know the the voice as an author that that I was able to um, to contribute to to these books and the writing of the prayers. When I look back, I, you know, it that isn't even something that I can take credit mm-hmm. for. It, it seems like um, you know there was larger orchestration at work, and so it's just been a very a very humbling process to see what the book has meant to people. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like my biggest contribution 
was just not to say no mm. um, on, you know, daily <laughs> to come back day after day and say, okay, I'm going to sit down um, and try again to, to make progress on this thing that I don't feel like I can pull off. Mm. And yet I also feel like it's something that I should be investing my time in. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been a very, a very humbling kind of process when, when people like just, I mean, the stories that you told me, um, at the beginning of the podcast here, it's encouraging, but it's also just humbling in a way where I feel again, like, wow, that it's the, the whole is more than the sum of the parts that I brought to it. Because I love how you said, you know, it's like you didn't say no. Like, and that's, that is so applicable to everyone who is listening. There's something that God's calling you to Mm -hmm. that you probably are like, I can't do that. That's, that's too big. That's too hard. That's too scary. That's too much. I don't have what it takes, but all God is saying is just show up. Don't say no. Mm. You had to show up and just sit down and open up your computer screen or whatever, however you wrote it. You know, you just had to show up and take the next step. And that you you gave your crumbs that you had and God took it and blessed it to feed literally a multitude of people. And he is continuing, mm. you know, it's just this ripple effect of your faithfulness to what God had called you to, even though it felt like something bigger than you were capable of. And so thank you for that. And I just, I want to just encourage everyone who's listening. I hear from so many women who they want to deepen their relationship with the Lord. They want to live in that context of God cares about the little details. These books, Every Moment Holy, there's volume one and volume two, and there's a brand new um, smaller gift edition that has come out. These books are things that could just serve as a resource to help you in your faith journey to just look upward to instead of being so consumed with everything that's around you and you know life is full and there's hard stuff but we have Jesus and these books and these liturgies to help point us to the one who can walk with us in the everyday and so i just want to encourage you if you're listening and you are thinking i I want to figure out how to pray in a way that, you know, brings the everyday in. This is a resource that is really going to help you. And if you know someone who you think, I I just want to gift them this, the gift edition would be a great Christmas gift. And I just think, you know, how my friend texting me the pictures of this and saying, I prayed this over you, how we can not only use these for our own life but to bless others as well, whatever they're going through. Sometimes um, we don't have the words. We don't have words that are like, I don't know how to show up for this friend, but this is a gift that you could give them to be just to pray this prayer over them, to text them and let them know that you prayed this or to call them up and pray it or in person to pray it. And you've given words for us to be able to not only in our own life, deepen our relationship, but to be able to spread that out in our community. And so thank you so much. And I was wondering, I didn't ask you ahead of time, but would you be willing to 
pray one of these prayers um, as we close out the podcast? Would Is there one that you're like, I really love this. I feel like it'd be great for just, I t- I'm totally putting you on the spot. But Yeah, I would be happy to. Um, okay. I don't know offhand which one. Did you have any in mind? I can, I, well, I had a few because I was thinking of, especially for women who are listening. And I was thinking there was, there were so many, I, I kind of loved, um, there was the the laundry one because um, we start out the podcast and we talk about there's the the intro is whether you're in your car or folding laundry, you know, and I was just thinking, so um, there is, I don't know if that would be a good one, but that was just something But or if you have another idea, I'm good with whatever. I could do the laundering one. I could do the liturgy for first waking. Yes. I was thinking of like the morning ritual or something, just like praying over the day, what you you just you just choose and I trusting God to lead through you. Okay, so this is a liturgy for first waking. I am not the captain of my own destiny, nor even of this new day, and so I renounce anew all claim to my own life and desires. I am only yours, O Lord. Lead me by your mercies through these hours that I might spend them well, not in harried pursuit of my own agendas, but rather in good service to you. Teach me to shepherd the small duties of this day with great love, tending faithfully those tasks you place within my care, and tending with patience and kindness the needs and hearts of those people you place within my reach. Nothing is too hard for you, Lord Christ. I deposit now all confidence in you that whatever these waking hours bring, my foundations will not be shaken. At day's end, I will lay me down again to sleep, knowing that my best hope is well kept in you. In all things, your grace will sustain me. Bid me follow. And I will follow. Amen. It's just a beautiful way to close. And I just, that's how I want to live my life. Just those words. I just think starting every day and how these prayers can bring us back to what really matters. So thank you so much. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for giving your crumbs, showing up, not saying no, and letting God use you to impact and bless so many people. Thank you so much, Crystal. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.